Little Heroes Comics is a UK-based charity that creates and distributes comic-making kits to children through hospitals and healthcare organisations across the UK, keeping them far from boredom and closer to creativity. Head to littleheroescomics.co.uk to find out how to donate and to help at this incredible charity today. One of the ways you can help them out and get some amazing all-age comics at the same time is by heading over to fairsparkbooks.co.uk. Nothing is more exciting than creating stories for kids and Fairspark Books bring you a whole host of them in different and exciting formats that are all aimed at encouraging imagination. You can find such titles as How to Make Comics with Springworth, the brand new sci-fi fun-filled magazine The Spark, Hopper, Detective of the Strange, Saffron and so much more. Fairspark Books are partnered with Little Heroes Comics so a portion of the profits go towards their goal each year. Go to fairsparkbooks.co.uk and littleheroescomics.co.uk today to find out more. Little Heroes Comics. Bring a huge smile to comics creativity today. Welcome to That Comic Smell Podcast. With... Your hosts, Tom Stewart, with special guest, Sam Williams. Hey, thanks. Yeah, good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, man. Um... I'm doing the most unprofessional thing of um, sitting and having my tea whilst we talk. <laughs> oh, no, that's fine. I am, I am only not doing that because we've only just got back. So <laughs> I've, I've been the responsible adult and left Rosie to cook us some dinner. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you've been that guy, have you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I am awful. Um, yeah, no, it's, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. I'm just, I'm really struggling to get used to the changing of the seasons and it has been kicking our asses here really especially the last couple of days but yeah i'm I'm really struggling like it feels like it's time for bed but it is only 20 past seven and yeah the um the whole going dark pretty quick thing is uh is really horrendous yeah i also made the mistake of reading some quite spooky stories yesterday before i left work and then i had to walk home and it was really dark and i kind of freaked myself out a bit <laughs> <laughs> what were you what was it just stuff on the internet were you actually reading like a, a book yeah uh i can't remember what website it was on i think it was maybe jezebel or something like that but they do a thing every year where they get people to submit like spooky real life stories and it's a lot of like weird things happening in people's houses and and being followed by strangers and stuff like that. Um, but <laughs> they were all kind of tied into the fact that it was very dark and <laughs> yeah, no, just uh, slowly but surely freaking yourself out. Yeah, well, it's funny. I I don't walk that far from my walk that far to get to work. Sorry, and um, but part of it is a is a like gardens and they're. I always forget they don't have any street lights. So I went to go and walk on it last night and it was absolutely pitch black. <laughs> I guess it's changed so drastically over the weekend because of the clock's changing. So it was literally pitch black. And I was like, oh, okay, I have to walk a different way home now. 
or take one of those head head mounted lamps <laughs> so you just look like a miner as you're walking home yeah yeah exactly <laughs> how's everything around there yeah not too bad man um, much of the same with the getting used to the going dark business but just purely because when I'm taking dogs home now it's like mm. almost it's, it's going almost pitch black and I'm like I'm just not used to that at all yeah <clears throat> um, I I always used to think I was one of those people that was like, yeah, I love the autumn and the winter. And I just think the last few years I've gone, yeah, no, that, they're, they're all fine and good when you get to spend the day going for a nice walk in a you know, nice brisk walk by yeah. the sea or, or in a forest. Lovely. But when it gets to half past four and it's gone dark and you have to go inside, it just it's just a bit shit, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> not exactly great. Yeah, I'm with you on that as well. I think it's the whole thing of like when you're working as well, and com- yeah. like going in basically when it's like just got light or when it is still dark, and then coming out when it's dark. You're like, Ugh. It, yeah, exactly. I know I'm out in it all day, but it's different. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, it's, uh, you're lucky to get get some of that outside, that good outside stuff. Because I, I have to go outside on my lunch at work otherwise i would probably murder someone because <laughs> you need to see some need to see some daylight threatening Just... some people down the phone <laughs> yeah yeah exactly <laughs> no it's it's oh, it's all fine and well getting there getting the good outdoors and all that jazz but it also leaves you susceptible and open to the old cold pretty quickly <laughs> that is true yeah yeah come, come jumping back in the van to a nice bit of heat after being freezing cold and then thinking oh this is great and then about two days later i've been like i can't breathe <laughs> i'm coughing everywhere yeah i spent like two days in bed last week and i haven't quite gotten over it yet either like i'm yeah i think it's just that change in and whatever's going on i don't know it screwed me up and it was a good excuse to sit in bed and read for a couple of days yeah and that is absolutely fine. It is, it is um, like such an abrupt change, though, that it does it catches you unawares, and it's like yeah. your body's just fighting back. Like, nope. <laughs> yeah, it really seems to have come on quickly this year. I don't, I don't yep. know why. Well, it's it was, just... I think if it didn't help that we got what, what was classed as well in the news as like a heat wave, and then it was like, <laughs> right, okay, rain, and it's winter. <laughs> and yep, yeah, now you're not going to be warm for another six months. Sorry, I'm actually just stuffing my face with a pizza. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Oh. Um, so I realised last time we talked for ages and I I took over the conversation at every given opportunity. So I thought that I might ask you a few questions. Ooh, the tables have turned. Nice. Yeah, okay. I haven't actually planned anything. I just have this vague <laughs> idea that maybe I should talk to you about some stuff. I'm, I'm just going to wing it. It's um, fine. It was I, it was good the last time though because we just literally just sat and just shot the shit for ages. Yeah, yeah it's great, <laughs> it and good. I'm happy to do that. I just I realised I I've said this before, and I I I've mentioned this I think um, on some of the other podcast stuff that we've done, and I've definitely mentioned it to Rosie because she notices it that if someone gets me talking, and I just won't shut up. If if someone's yeah. showing even a the slightest modicum of interest in me then i'm like oh i can talk and then i just black out and an hour later i'm still talking (laughs) um so i'm i'm trying to trying to make sure that 
that that, that doesn't happen. And I realised that since we last spoke, that you've you've had some comics related news, and I thought it would be I I want to hear more about it. Okay. So, um, it this seems like as good a time as any to to ask you about what 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 you're doing. Uh, yeah. Um, God, yeah. It's, it's actually quite weird. It's it seems like it was ages ago as well, and it wasn't even really that long ago. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm uh, doing a bit of um, editing work for uh, Fair Spark Books. Yeah. Um, which kind of came as a massive shock, like out of nowhere. Um, sure. But then I say that, it was Aaron had asked me to look at, um, he's like re-lettering a, uh, one of the comics at the minute, like one of the series that's already out. Oh, okay. um, and he just he just sort of said like I'm just needing another pair of eyes to take a look if you don't if you don't mind you know if you're yeah. busy don't worry blah 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 and um, it just so happened I was kind of I was sitting just kind of reading something anyway and not really doing anything that evening and thought oh, I'll I'll have a look and see hmm. and I just made a couple I think I just made like a couple of suggestions of what to keep in dialogue wise and what to put out because I thought oh, if he's wanting my honest opinion and he said that yeah. then by all means I'll just I'll, I'll go all in um, and I said about like repositioning some of the dialogue boxes and stuff and he was in, really grateful and sort of sent another thing on to me not that long after and just said look check it over again and then it was like I think less than less than 12 hours after that I got a thing like do you want to do some editing for us <laughs> <laughs> I was nice. like, oh god, yeah, okay. Um, not something I'd ever thought about before at all. Well, well I th- I think it's interesting because I I went into doing good comics. Like I think we talked about this maybe before, but it was Paddy and I just kind of doing it because we we needed some sort of output for yeah. our own work mm-hmm. and like editing people's books that we've been a bit more hands-on in the last couple of years and it is genuinely n- something i'd never really thought about before yeah never really i guess until i started putting other people's books together i'd never even really considered it as a thing yeah really considered what that role encompasses but it's genuinely one of my favorite parts of of being involved in making comics and i think it's this this really cool space to to be involved in in helping someone develop their work and it and it does come down to like you said being like really brutally honest with people and and trusting your instincts and and saying like this is what i think should should be like you someone's asked you for the, your input and therefore you know they want to know what you think whether they take it away and use it or not is is another matter but it's like you've it's a really good way of being in, involved in making making stuff be yeah. better yeah, yeah, totally. Um, yeah, it's it's weird because um, obviously when when Aaron sent that over, and he like put the caveat of saying that, um, I was mm. like, oh, that's fine. But then he put me on to somebody else's project, like after that, like mm. specifically because that's how it started. Um, after that, when he asked if I wanted to do a bit editing, he, you know, he he said, I've got a a a project in particular that you could go straight on to, kind of thing. Oh, cool. Um. But obviously that that's then someone else, and I've kind of got to gauge from there and start a relationship up from there. I mean, I know Aaron, so it's it's different. I met Aaron before. I know sure. the kind of way I can speak to him and stuff like that. But I've never met this other guy. Yeah. Um, 
and so it was kind of just like it, it's it's having to build that relationship up as well and I was having to start by saying to him like look this is where I'm going to come from this is kind of what I'm going to do mm. um, I hope you're okay with this if not by all means if, I, if I'm overstepping my boundaries or anything just say all this kind of stuff luckily I think I've been really lucky in that who I'm working with um, has been great, has been yeah. absolutely phenomenal. But at the start, I did actually make two sets of notes. And one was just... Because when I asked him like what he was looking for um, in an editor, he literally just sent back like just somebody to go proofread it all. Uh, the project's basically almost done as mm-hmm. is. So if you could just sort of proofread it, um, let me know if there's any sort of continuity errors. Um, for this first one, at least, um, that would be great. And I messed back and so I said, um, "Yeah, that's that's fine. I've I've done that for this one in um, in one document, but I've made a completely separate document that is kind of going a bit more in depth. Do you want mm. to see it? But if not, by all means, it's it's fine. I'll just leave it." And so I said, "Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Send it on." And then it was only like, I think it must have only been like a day and a half later or something. I get another copy of the comic <laughs> and it's got everything that I had written down like, really? redone and he's, he's messaging That's like great. yeah I really liked it um, yeah here, here you go and I'm like but you redid the art that you said was finished and he's like <laughs> yeah he's like you know kill your darlings it's fine it doesn't matter I, like, I think that's a really that's really great like it's really good for a creator to, ha- to have that like especially with a project that is is close to completion i think that's really cool for someone to be open to 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 kind of taking on some outsider opinion i think coming from a background of making comics Mm. i love having an editor like i i i was really lucky with the book that i had published at war with yourself i got to work with mike medalia and he was my editor on that book and he was incredible and sometimes we would just sit and talk on the phone for an hour and, um, <laughs> you know, we would we would Skype call and, and just kind of be drawing and doodling in the background and, and having a conversation and talking about work. But, like, the way that I approached making making that book was so influenced by him. Yeah. And I, a lot of what he kind of taught me through doing that, I've kind of gone on to, to use with other people as well. I think, I, I think more creators even if you're just self-publishing you like i think more creators should should kind of be asking for as much outside yeah uh, or you know or, or having someone that you would trust is a tricky situation though because in in some ways you get uh, it, it's easy to have people who go who will say they like everything that you do yeah exactly you almost need someone who's detached from from your work to a certain extent to be able to say Oh yeah, like this is good, but maybe you should do this. Maybe you should think about this. Yeah, and it's not always just. It's not always saying, "Oh, you should do this thing this way." It's about just getting you to reconsider, asking you questions that you then have to think about answering. Yeah, and I, I think, I think it would be it's good for any creator and in any creative pursuit to have someone who will will do that. Yeah, completely. Um, because I think it's easy to fall into the like, oh, this is amazing, yeah, this looks great, and <laughs> not have your like critical, critical brain on. Um, yeah, it's um, 
you you definitely fall into that trap of having it's like they're showing your stuff to your friends and family type thing where yeah, they, they yeah. really just are like happy that you're putting something out and it's like oh it's, or don't you know, care yeah or don't care enough yeah exactly <laughs> um and they're very much just like yeah cool yeah sure thing that's that's fantastic and they, they have no interest and it's just like cool um or or even showing it to like a fan of your stuff that's just like oh fantastic love it like great put it out yeah, or whatever yeah. Um, yeah, totally. You really do have to find that person that maybe like your pal or something like that, but you know will just be like, "Nah, go back and do that again." You know what I mean? Yeah, like, change that. You, you, I think there's a certain amount of you have to have some rapport with someone, so you have to have some kind of relationship with them. Yeah. Um, because it's really difficult to take. Well, I I think it is difficult to take feedback and construct kind of criticism from people that you don't know that well yeah or at least for me it is if if someone tells me they don't think i've done something right at someone i don't know or have have never met i'd probably just tell them to fuck off <laughs> or <laughs> well, you do you get on the defensive though because you're like who the fuck yeah. do you think you are you don't know me you know i mean like yeah. you, don't, you don't know what you don't I've know been me man <laughs> <laughs> you don't know the things i've seen you put me down man um <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, yeah. You do though. You but you do that in life, not just creatively. You do that in life. Yeah, Somebody starts yeah. slating something that you're doing. Your your first thing is to go in the defense. Um, so you're right. You do have to have some sort of rapport. But I think it's different if it's somebody that you don't know. That's maybe, but you do know is familiar with your work. Mm. That's I think that's different. Um, I, I also think there's this there's this really important part of that which is if someone can give you feedback and explain why. Yes. Because something that is really, really um, difficult to deal with is when someone tells you they don't like something, but they can't tell you why. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. And, and, and that happens more than more than you'd kind of like to think. Like, people yep. just say, oh, I don't like that thing. And that's fine. It's, um, it's fine to have that reaction to stuff. And I'm not always amazing with words. Like, I, I, I can't always kind of say what it is. Yeah. But I think I would. All, I always try to take the time to, to kind of work out what it is that I do or don't don't like about something, or what yeah, I yeah. do or don't think works. Um, <laughs> so I think it's it's about that. It's not just about having good taste, for instance, or having a good understanding of the technical workings of whatever art form. Yeah. It's also about being able to understand your tastes and your motivations. And and I think that's why it's really cool to talk to, to people. Like, we, we've tried more and more now. Our plan has always been, since we started getting more involved in people's work that we were putting out, our plan is often been to be involved in it as early as possible um because you can only kind of change so much and and develop something so much when it's already begun yeah some of the stuff that we're working on that will potentially be coming out next year is much more like we've been in from the ground up oh nice and we've seen where it started and you can have that conversation about like what does this thing you know what is its purpose what what are you working towards uh -huh. how like 
because then once you understand the motivations of a thing, you can understand whether it's doing its job or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, I, I think it's great. And it's really cool that you, you're getting to be involved in in that aspect of, of making comics. They seem to do great stuff. I, I, I must admit that I've not actually ever really picked up any of their stuff, but it's more because of not having money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, thing, <clears throat> the thing I actually quite like about them is... Um, like about fair spark on a whole. Like fair enough. I like the fact that, um, you know, a portion of the profits go to little heroes because it's because mm. it's Aaron. Um, but I also like that, um, like a lot of the stuff he really makes it affordable for sure. um sort of parents buying it for their kids and stuff. You know, it's only like sort of three between sort of the three and five pound mark, and even like your collections are only sort of five to seven quid or whatever you know what I mean they're not like hitting your tens or your your 20s or anything you know yeah so. and and honestly i think this that is the one of the more important markets yeah um from my point of view as a consumer i, I know that like what good comics does has never really been in that area and it's not <laughs> something that i have a lot of expertise in so yeah it's not an area that i necessarily would would move into but i do appreciate how important it is to have kids reading comics because the one yeah. thing that, that <clears throat> comics especially on a micro level in this country lacks is a readership outside of outside of people who have some other involvement in comics like, like yeah, such yeah, a yeah. big chunk of people when you go to comic shows so many people that you sell to are people that are making comics or yeah, exactly. do comic adjacent things. And like, I think the, the kids as part of it is, is exactly, exactly the market that you should, that we should be aiming at that, that as a community, we should be trying to, to sell them on because those are the, those are the future consumers of, of comics. And, exactly. And if you want the, the community and the, um, and the art form in this country to to kind of flourish then it needs needs new readers yeah if 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 we really want to ensure that there is actually going to be a future within comics we need to make sure that kids are reading them and becoming fans at any age but fans to the point that even if they do much like a lot of people do ditch comics sort of in between the sort of teen years or whatever yeah. to make sure that there's enough of a, a fandom there that they'll come back to it because most yeah. people do, you know, get into stuff when they're younger, especially like that. Um, a lot of people take animation, for example. A lot of people get into like Disney films and stuff when they're really young. Mm. But as they grow up, they maybe just don't watch it as much or they just don't bother with them as much. But then as soon as they get into like their late teens, early 20s, it becomes the kind of niche thing and the thing that they need to see. And then yeah. by that point, they're just unashamedly like, oh, I'm a massive Disney fan. You know what I mean? Yeah. Exactly. It's the same sort of. It's the same basic principle with comics, though. A lot of people go away from them, and then they just kind of lose that... Well, the, the hormones die down, and uh, they become <laughs> less embarrassed, and yeah, then well, it's like, oh. I, I wonder, like, I'm, I'm thinking out loud, and this is not something I've thought about prior to us talking about this, <laughs> but I wonder if we're, we're moving into um, an arena where, like, there's a lot more comics for that... Um, that age between like the tween kind of young adult yeah 
area there's a lot more comics in in that area now than there, there ever has been like yeah. in general comics and i absolutely hate the term graphic novels but i'm gonna say <laughs> it. um like that that arena you know is is being taken more seriously by big publishers you know in the last couple of years we're seeing more and more of the big publishers you know jumping into that area yeah, yeah, and, totally. and producing stuff not just for kids but for for young adults and and yes. I, I think we're possibly hopefully moving towards a situation where people don't give up on comics yes very much because so. i guess when if you talk about when we were kids you know you i think really the only stuff that i ever read as a kid was probably things like tintin and asterix those were the only ones that I ever remember really engaging with as a kid. Um, there was probably a general understanding that superheroes came from comics, but I don't think I ever really put two and two together until I got older. Well, I, and, had, I had a conversation with somebody about this recently, hmm. and it was <clears throat> that I think I was, <clears throat> I, was, I was only slightly different in that my where I came from and the friend group that I had at that time like even right up to when I was a bit older, we were mm. all we were all still into comics. But I think because we were into like American style stuff, yeah. so we we still followed comics. And where I where I grew up, um, you know, comics have always been um, have always been kind of pushed because it's the home of like DC Thompson and stuff. All yeah. the libraries are teeming with them. And it, I found it very difficult to focus on words, so I gravitated towards pictures. So needless to say, I kind of was still into comics, even right through my teens. I'm saying that thing about people giving it up. I never really gave it up myself, to be honest. Yeah, I I, I think, but, you, but you're right, that is a that is a common theme, is that people kind of yeah, drift yeah, totally. away. Um, I I think there's definitely something to be said. There's a for a lot more accessibility to not just different age ranges of books but different like different comics that do different things and talk about different stuff like yeah you know there's lots of non-fiction whether it be biographical or you know science comics that yes there's kind of you know uh lots of uh, journalistic stuff like i know a lot of that stuff's online but uh, you know um that there's so many different avenues for it so it's i think there is a possibility that people stop stop stopping in the middle because they're because <laughs> you're right like there, there's this thing where unless you're super into to superheroes when you're younger like one of my, my best friend he had like a ton of uh like x-men and wolverine comics and right. he his mum used to go and buy them from the news agents in the good old days <laughs> get them from the news agents <laughs> and he's got stacks and stacks and stacks of them in his parents loft oh wow um and but he he kind of he went away from comics and never really came back because i don't think there was anything really for him yeah yeah <laughs> and yeah. i wonder whether if he was growing up now whether it would be different because i i like m- my my reading of comics is is probably only a decade old right okay. like seriously taking reading comics yeah um and i'm in my 30s so i didn't really pick up comics and take them seriously as a as a thing that i was interested in until i was in my in my early 20s yeah i think um i think i was probably 
the same on a like kind of learning about all like the the backstory and history and stuff actually getting into mm. the into the into the muck of it and actually getting into finding out about creators and companies and stuff like that probably didn't come around until I was in like my twenties. Yeah, I and- think all of that stuff probably came a bit later. I think I I got that kind of spark of being interested in comics and being yeah. like, Oh yeah, comics are a thing and maybe <laughs> being the age where you could like I had disposable income and I could do that stuff for myself. Yeah. Um I was actually thinking about this earlier in in preparation for us talking because I I never really thought about it too much and I was sort of trying to trying to think about where my comics journey began and I I had this vague recollection of going into a I don't know if it's still here but there's a shop that was in Pool that's down the road from from me here called right. Paradox and going through their like back issue bins and finding. <laughs> A couple of copies of Hundred Bullets. All right, yeah, yeah, Brian, Brian Azzarello. And, yeah. Um, is it Eduardo Rizzo? Yes, artist. Yeah, yeah, and I think it was his art that sold me on it. But I was sold on this idea of like, oh wow, yeah, the co- comics can be like this kind of weird noir, um, <laughs> kind of modern-ish. I guess it would have been a few years after it had originally come out, but it was still very much like felt modern and different to what I thought comics were. Yeah, and I'm I'm not saying that it was necessarily. I guess it's possibly not a completely original comic in that in that sense, but to me at that time, you know, as a person who had not investigated it as an as an adult, yeah, I was like, oh wow, comics are kind of cool. <laughs> and I remember having like a bunch of like random. I think I bought like three issues that were in sequence, but they were like in the twenties or thirties. All right, or, so quite uh, far like, on. Yeah, quite far into. I think they're probably late teens, twenties of the of the. So it was the kind of second year of that. Yeah, yeah. Of that yeah. series, at least. Um. But yeah. So do do you, did you kind of you kind of always had it had it going on, or do um, you feel like you kind of? It wasn't like all of all of like me and my friends were all in. Uh, well, the friends I had at the time um, were all very much still into we were very much the minority that we were still into like Batman, Superman, like mm. everything but we were watching like all the, the sort of 90s TV shows and stuff growing up and then just yeah. kept watching them so like I would still be watching the old um, Adam West Batman show when yeah. nobody else was watching it, I was still watching it like taping it and coming home and watching it because I was just I I just loved cartoons and cartoonish type things and I just never ever gave that up and I know that I'm very much in the minority in that respect because a lot of people do sort of go oh I'm grown up I want to see like fucking blood and guts and shit and all this kind of stuff but I don't know I've I've always just been fascinated with the the stupid and the weird and stuff so yeah so, so when it comes to stuff yeah. like that it's yeah. Yeah, I I totally agree. That's kind of how I I I remember watching a lot of the kind of I I really loved the like nineties Tintin TV series that yeah. they did. I loved that and used to watch. I remember watching that as a kid and and the X Men TV show. So like yes. I think a lot of it kind of did play in the the TV and the animated series of stuff did yeah, definitely yeah. play into to it. But it's interesting you say about about kind of grown up comics because I 
I kind of hate that stuff. Like, yeah. I, 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 I don't need to see some like angsty dude being <laughs> angsty and fighting and yeah, like I don't need that shit. Like, I, <laughs> I, I want to read grown up material, but not that. I don't. That doesn't mean that I want to read graphic material. I, think- I want. I think that stuff's just the problem with that stuff is that it's just so forced. It's literally like it's being like, "Oh, this is like for a, a whole new generation." And it's like, it's almost like what they call bro comics. Yeah. It's like you know, like every, everything's rough and tough, and everybody's huge, and you know they're gonna kick you in the balls and all this kind of stuff. And you're like, yeah. "What a load of rubbish!" Like this is more childish than the stuff that they would say is for kids. Because yeah. a lot of this stuff, like Tintin and everything. There was actual adventure and there was actual... There seemed to be some thought put into making the stories and there was mm. a genuine mystery and, um, you know, there was there was real dread and stuff that were in them and they were meant to be aimed for children and yet yeah. the stuff that was aimed for adults was just completely ridiculous of just like, there's a bad guy and I'm going to beat the shit out of him but we're yeah. going to build up to it. It's like, oh, fuck off. You know what I mean? Like, like, yeah, exactly. And, and <laughs> this is honestly how I feel about a lot of the movies and the way that people view <laughs> comics now is is like i i don't care like if you like that stuff that's cool if you enjoy it i'm fine with that i don't want anyone to talk to me about this fucking bullshit joker film <laughs> i do not give a shit no what i am interested in is what comics can do in 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 any genre in any kind of um you know area that i i think there's plenty of amazing comics in the world yeah. that are made for adults that aren't all the blood and guts and all of that nonsense. It's... Rosie and I were in um, Brussels last year and I was like completely blown away by all of these comics that I'd never seen before, a lot of which is because they've not been translated. Yeah. But there's so many amazing, amazing uses of comics um, and they really care about the way like comics are used and, and what, what they are for um, it, in Europe and in other places like in Japan and Asia where they, they there's so much, so much more to comics than, than the average person thinks. And it, yeah. And I, I, I don't talk to people about the fact that I'm involved in making comics because I do not want to have that stupid conversation with them where I have to spend ten minutes explaining what that means. <laughs> yeah, I get, I get, I get that. It's um, yeah, we're we're still very much stuck in that. If you say the word comics to people that aren't sort of e- even inadvertently connected to it in one way or another, they straight away jump to. Marvel films or something yeah. like that, and they ask you about if you dress up and all this kind of stuff, and it's like, oh fucking hell! Like, see, this this is kind of the problem. I I skimmed over it earlier, but this is a genuine, you know, genuine thing that I I do like to talk to people about, which is, I think, graphic novels is a bullshit term because it's just adults validating the fact that they like comics. Yes, very much so. Um, but but it's it's only really become like that in the past decade because yeah. before that the word graphic novel just meant a collection of comics like yeah. it it wasn't a case of oh you know uh, 
um, this this graphic fiction or some bullshit like that. Yeah. Like novella, graphic yeah. novella. I saw yeah. that the other oh, day, and God. I just wanted to punch something. <laughs> <laughs> I, I honestly, I blame. I blame the newspapers for stuff like this. It was so e- it'd oh, be yeah. so easy to say the Guardian because the Guardian do it all the time, but it's just newspapers in general. It's it's them trying to make comics highbrow, uh, but they've only discovered that they can get away with this language in the past like decade or so, or just over a decade. Whereas before, it was a case of if you had a graphic novel, like all the all the comics that were in the library. Um, as I was growing up, were all called graphic novels, but not yeah. for the fact that it was to attract people, because they were all like to attract adults, because they were all marked um, graphic novels fourteen plus, you know. So the, yeah, yeah. you know, it's not it's not to attract adults. It was literally just that they thought that you know a collection of comics was called a graphic novel. We didn't mm-hmm. have the the word trade paperback or or think to call them like collections or anything at that point they were just called graphic novels this making it posh and making it all um highbrow has only come about recently yeah i see the way that i approach it is i don't use that term unless i have to and and it's annoying because that that term does have a really good and specific use yeah 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 um but fuck it, I, I can I can live without without using it. Oh yeah, totally. I I make make a point of calling talking about comics. Yeah, because that's what they are. I am. Um, I find myself going to tweet about them and writing the words books, and then going no fuck yeah. it, and then going back and then putting comics in instead. Yeah, but I think I also think that referring to them as books is good because they yeah. are books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and and it and by talking about them and calling them books. You're invalidating the argument that oh well, comics aren't aren't really comics are the 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 argument that comics aren't aren't really a book. They're not yeah, really yeah. literary. They're not like bullshit. <laughs> I I'm quite tired and I'm just getting annoyed about it. But I, I think I think it's one of those <laughs> one of those things that people um yeah people like to make it, it makes them feel better about doing something that they they don't think that they sh- should enjoy yeah, or think, justifying it. They, they think that it's like a kiddie thing. It's, it's exactly the same. I, I, I kind of liken it to the time that they released um, adult covers for the Harry Potter books. <laughs> um, yeah. It was like all the, all the Harry Potter books came out. You don't see them now. They don't do them now, but they used no. to. Um, they had all the Harry Potter covers that had all like the cartoon, really nice painterly pictures yeah, on them. Yeah. And then they released these adult covers that were like an actual picture of a train on the front. Uh, <laughs> and then the other one was like a picture of a car and some clouds, but not a car in the clouds. It was just like, a, and it was all black <laughs> and white, which was the stupid thing. All the covers were black and white. Um, it's because adults are very serious and black and white. Oh, it was so stupid. Like, I still remember it. Like, why are these things... Why do they exist? And yeah. oh, it's just ridiculous. But it's the same It's the same notion of like, oh, I can't be seen to have been reading, you know, the most popular book in the entire planet that every single person knows about. But if I change the cover to it, that'll make it look all the better. Like, fuck off. People still it know you're stop all these, part. like... All these fuckers walking around reading Dan Brown, which has got the same reading yeah. level as a like six year old. As a fucking six year old, yeah. <laughs> so stupid. Um, it's yeah. Oh, it just 
absolutely flummoxes me. I do not get it. They did it with something else as well. Um, I can't remember what it was. I want to say it was like... Uh, I want to say it was like the Philip Pullman books. Okay, yeah. Um, even though they're quite... You know, they can be quite... Um, quite heavy in places. Yeah, um, like I, I actually only read those as an adult. <laughs> um, yeah. I can't... The first one. I can't get... I can't get into them, but I love the idea of them. Um, yeah. I love that people read them, but I just, oh, it, does, it just doesn't do it for me. But it's nothing to, you know, that's that's neither here nor there. But um, but they did it with them as well, where they released like these weird covers that had like they they kind of looked like more like a Sherlock Holmes novel than they did anything right. else. You know what I mean? Um, and then they had these other ones that had all the just the. The normal covers, you know, and the ones that everybody has seen with the big compass on the front and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they did these other ones that had like you know smoke and mirrors looking fucking stupid covers. <laughs> just oh, just infuriated me. But yeah, it's the same mentality, you know. Comics. Yeah. Oh no, I read graphic novels. Oh, do you like <laughs> Do you like Harry Potter? Yes, but only the ones with black and white photos. Like, yes, I only like the last ones because they're very dark. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> yes, the same fucking book. Like, shut up. <laughs> And on the on the subject of the those that Philip Pullman His Dark Materials series, there's yeah. a really really good um, comic. <laughs> you almost said it. <laughs> I, do you know why I almost said it? Is because I was I was looking on my phone to see if I could find the name of the artist, um, and it said graphic novel, and now I oh, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> um, Clement Obrary Obrary, he's right, French. Okay. Um, but he also drew a book called, um, well, I have the co- big collection of all of the books, and it's called Aya in Yop City, A-Y-A, um, and it's really, really cool. All right. um, he's a really good artist, and um, I really like like his style, and it kind of, this is what I mean, like, that, that it, there's so many amazing books out there that are being made yeah in this art form and there's so much nonsensey feeling about oh well it's comics i've actually i have noticed recently we have a really nice little independent bookshop in um just down the road from us near where i work and right. they've they've got a a comic section now oh nice um and it's got lots of the, like it's a very like nice kind of expensive looking <laughs> bookshop so it's like a night so they have all the nice like hardbacky type things but like it's really nice to see people in there like flicking through comics and being like oh this looks like a really good book yeah, yeah and yeah. it and it's nice that they have it it's just part of their general section it's not like ghettoized in some corner no no um, exactly that's it's it's funny there was um it was a shop when we were in we were down in London, we took a day trip to Brighton and uh, one of the shops <laughs> one of the shops in Brighton was uh, I can't remember. They, they they sold they sold like just like T shirts and loads of like we arty bits and bobs and hmm. stuff like that. But they had like just a section of like loads of different um graphic novels. No, loads of um <laughs> they had loads of different um like sort of fantagraphics books, but they had like obviously a couple of like Avery Hill stuff and that in there mm. as well. But it was just do you know what? it was just so nice to see like just comics put in amongst 
a clothing shop or a sort of trinket shop, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, where right. anybody will just wander in attracted by the fact that it's bits and bobs and then see this whole wall of just like these really beautiful books, you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Um and it was oh it was just it was fantastic. And they weren't like overpricing it or anything and I said to the guy, Oh, you've got loads of different things in here, kinda of, uh, you know, T shirts mixed with comics, stuff like that. He's like, Yeah, the shop owner just uh loves illustration and loves mm. like art in general so he just gets a bunch of stuff and hopes that as many people will come into the shop and buy it i was like that's awesome it wasn't um is it family store is that where it was because that oh. it sounds a lot like because uh, uh, they've stuck some of our books before that so that does it, ring a bell yeah it might it might be that 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 shop's really cool i think i can't remember the guy's name off the top of my head but i know that he's involved in a bunch of different like illustration stuff and they put right. on um they put on art shows and stuff in there and yeah like those are the exact types of places like i, I think it's really cool to see places embracing comics just as a as a lifestyle thing like as yeah. a okay well these are cool books and you can buy them like i i i don't live and die by comics like i don't like i probably haven't read a ton of comics this year like i've been trying to read read kind of bigger books and challenge myself <laughs> with stuff and i've just like i guess i haven't picked up bunch a bunch of comics this year yeah but like i love the art form and i will tell anyone who will listen how it's you know how it is the should be taken as seriously as as any other form like I, I understand people's feeling as well. Like, if you gave me a book of poetry, I wouldn't know what the fuck to do with it. Yeah. So I, I kind of think about it in that way. And, you know, maybe it's just not for some people. But there is a lot to be, you know, I think I think a lot of people would be surprised by how much they enjoy consuming comics. Yeah, completely. Um, yeah, it's odd. See when you, See when you finally tell somebody who you wouldn't think would be into comics like you give them something that they can kind of relate to and you watch them mm-hmm. kind of change on it like oh what that's that's like you can get that sort of thing in in a comic you're like yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then it's like from that so you can see you're in it's like yes i've got them yeah, with something exactly. and then you sort of give them that one bit and they're like oh, i really enjoyed that and then it's like the you can just watch them fall down the rabbit hole from there yeah it's like exactly. um it's like i don't know i i did that well i still i still do it every now and then but that series with my pal where we do um i don't normally read comics but sort of thing yeah um but he only started reading them because he was really enjoying a uh, daredevil on oh, okay. on Netflix, yeah, yeah, and he was like, he he just he just was saying like, you know, what, I really just would love to know, like where it came from, uh, more than anything, and, and also just out of selfish reason that I just want to have more Daredevil kind of thing, mm. and just slowly but surely, like it's just watching him reading like so many different things, and you know, he started off with a couple, a couple of Daredevils, and then I get a a message the other day like. Oh fuck it, have you seen this? And he's like sending me loads of screenshots and stuff and I'm like, Where did you get that? And he's like, Oh, I've got it on the Amazon app, oh, I discovered this, blah blah and you know, he's like he's finding how to get them like digitally and stuff now. Yeah, like yeah. he's just finding his own way all of a sudden and just because he had that in, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um well, it's I, really I, great. I think that's interesting as well, because I think 
I think there's also, even if people are into comics or enjoy the art form or like read like superhero stuff or whatever it or even read the kind of like you know fans graphics or the you know any of the the kind of mainstream stuff that's out there like stuff that is you know published and in bookshops and stuff like yeah, that yeah. like that's one level of it but then there's all this amazing stuff going on in like the independent scene as yeah. well like there's so so you almost can give people that there's like lots of different areas and transitions for people so it's not just about oh like you're into to this thing maybe you could find some sort of bridge to going oh okay well there's also all of this other stuff that has been produced that you you don't know about and i like that's how i got into comics was like like i just got into comics from talking about comics with people and yeah. being online and <laughs> and like i my taste now compared to when i started reading comics is completely different not just yeah, yeah. in comics but in everything like com- what i have read has informed my character and and, and that's across the board like it's but being open to comics means that i like i read quite a lot of um i i like reading the nib the the website the nib that has lots oh, yeah, of like yeah, yeah. um uh journalistic comics and political stuff and yeah i've learned so much from reading comics on that site like <laughs> it's incredible and i've read about subjects that i would have never never even considered reading a book about or whatever it's the same way that like really good podcast series you know like these documentary ones or the kind of journalistic ones that, that talk about subjects that you're you'd never thought about before yeah you know it there's so much so much space to broaden your horizons yeah completely it's just whether you actually want to learn about it that's the thing it's 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 opening yourself up to the idea of them as well as you know trying to trying to discover it at the same time because there's a yeah. total difference between seeking that stuff out. it goes for anything not just comic books but you know it's 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 a different thing to saying and wanting to go and do something and actively want like seeking out and opening yourself up to the idea of it kind of thing yeah i i honestly think that a lot of people need to open themselves up to continuous development of themselves and their interests like i think that's what it comes down to is being open to learning about new things and challenging your perception of things and being open-minded like oh yeah completely and trying things even if you don't you know like trying stuff out there's plenty of comics that i've read that i didn't like yeah oh yeah interesting I think you know some some like you mentioned libraries earlier, and like you're yeah. it sounds like you're pretty lucky considering, I guess where you live and and the the local history to do with comics. But yeah. like that's how a big chunk of how I how I started reading comics properly was was realizing that there's tons of stuff in in libraries, mm-hmm. um, and sometimes it was these kind of weird like 
some like old drawn and quarterly type stuff that I'd never heard of, or like still now I I sometimes see it in the library and I'm like I've never heard of this person yeah. again. Like they've put this one book out and it's just ended up in a library. Yeah. Or um, you know, but the way I the way I really got into to comics beyond that like initial hundred bullets kind of. I think I I think I found the first collection of hundred bullets in a in a library, but I also found a bunch of the um, yeah, Hellblazer, the John Constantine oh, yeah, comics, yeah, yeah. and I read like most of them because <laughs> the library had almost all, got them all there. Like, yeah. They had all like up to a certain point. They had all of them, and see, I love that shit. See, we've got we've got the issue that a lot of the librarians and stuff don't really know what they're ordering. They think that if they just order by name, then they're going to get the series sort of thing. Mm, yeah. And unfortunately, they order it, and then it's like number 20 and number <laughs> yeah. 14 and number 9, stuff like that, and you're like, oh, Jesus. Um, so nine times out of ten, you have to kind of order series starts and stuff yourself. But mm. as has been pointed out quite a lot you know just jump in the middle of a series and then figure it out from there you know yeah it's, it's, the good thing about comics is that because you've got that visual medium going along with it you'll catch up pretty quick you'll you'll catch on to it you'll find out who's who and you'll you'll get little snippets because a lot of the time these issues are laced with little bits of back history and stuff just yeah, to too. catch you up if you have come in mid-series because you know they, they have to they have to attract these things to to new readers as well as the current readers otherwise yeah, they wouldn't they wouldn't sell any you know what i mean that doesn't yeah. make any sense um but the the li- our library will have an awful habit of doing that but i from for a very long time talking about getting lucky again um i for a very long time i think managed for a year to like take advantage of the library's budget um <laughs> i don't know how but every, I think it must have just been I maybe caught a different librarian every time or what. But I, I, I would always go in and say, I'm looking for uh, these titles, and I'd give them like a big massive list, and they would go, Oh yeah, great, and they'd just order them like on That's Amazon. Amazing. And I'm like, Holy shit! And it kind of uh, the reason I say it is because it kind of stopped after a year. So yeah. I went in and said, oh, I've got a list of the stuff, and they're like, Well, you know, budgets, I can only order one or something like that. And I'm like, oh, Okay. And I'm like, they've maybe cottoned on that somebody's been coming in and ordering all these yeah, things. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it is, a, it is a shame. Like, I genuinely, we we live quite close to our local library and we try and use it as much as possible. Yes. Um, but it is a shame. There does seem to be a, a downturn. Even the, li- our, the library we live near is the, the big main one right, in the right. area. Um, and even that one seems to it it'll get like if there's a if there's a new bestseller you you know there'll be a few copies of it in there but beyond that they don't um they don't get tons of new of new books it's just yeah it is a bit of a shame yeah it's it's really odd everyone used to advertise like a lot of if if like there was a new bestseller or something but it doesn't really do that anymore um which I just find strange. Like they used to have advertisements for it, like outside. I remember when, mm. like, when Harry, like Harry Potter in particular, when that was coming out, 
Um, they had like banners outside, like advertising the fact that they had the new Harry Potter. You know what I mean? Like almost like a video yeah. rental place. You know what I mean? Like oh, yeah, this, yeah. this new thing, but they don't do that anymore at all. And yet there is series out that people would be jumping all over. You know what I mean? Whether it be like comics or normal books or what. I mean, I I would have thought our library, um, would have uh, jumped at the Walking Dead because they've got shitloads of Walking Dead in, yeah. in, in our library, like ridiculous amounts. Yeah, so I thought yeah. they would have jumped on the fact that they were collecting like the last ones or whatever, and said like, "Oh, you know, get up to date with the Walking Dead here or something." But no, not yeah. really. They maybe do it the big main one. I've not been in the main one in a while, and they used to have sort of new releases banners, but they were always hidden, sort of like right in the sections or whatever. And you're like, yeah, what? that doesn't help. I d- yeah, I think it's difficult difficult for libraries to to you know they like you said they just don't have a budget for it. I, yeah, maybe we try and try and use it as much as possible and try and make sure the kids. To kind of want to use it because yeah. like to be fair we got detective pikachu out from the the dvd bit the other night as well so that, nice. that's pretty good <laughs> um <laughs> yeah guess... like it's it's a it's a um it's a habit thing as yeah. well like i think people are out of the habit like i remember when my kids were younger we we used to go to the library quite a lot and then we kind of fell out of it because you go there because there's activities or it's because you're stuck at home with them and you need something to do. Yeah. Um, but I think, I think there's not a lot of people who are in the habit of, or especially at least in our area, like there doesn't seem to be a lot of people who are in the habit of going there and using them regularly and, and that being their main source of books. And because of that, it means that they can't be the main source of books for of new things for people and like a lot of the comic stuff that they have in there is pretty tired these days it's yeah, not, yeah. I, can't, I can't imagine that they've they've really had any we, we don't any do, new additions we don't do too bad like i don't know like you see the regular face like when i go into my one like our, our, my sort of main one that i use these days is almost like a subsidiary of the mm. the central like so it's the wee sort of village town one so many miles down the road or whatever um but it's still a really big building and uh you know there's regular faces in there when you go in so there's always people there there's always people using going in to use the computers or something like that you know um so there's always somebody there and they've always got a rich wealth of dvds and stuff but i don't know it's just it's just odd you think we're having those constant amounts of people that we'd it would bring something else in and bring more activities and stuff, but it seems like it's just been downsizing, and it might just be because they're they're first on the chopping block whenever they talk about cuts. Yeah, yeah. Which is just a shame, to be honest. Um, they used to have loads of like big kids groups and stuff. Like when I would go in to go and get a book, you'd, like all the kids are sitting around in a semicircle listening to the the story yeah. time, mm. and it's just got like over this past year in particular, it's got smaller and smaller. And smaller, and I don't know if it's just because the kids are growing up, and it's just that awkward time where they're not interested in going to the library, but the other ones are too young to go yet, or what. But it's it's just weird. It's got smaller and smaller to the point that the last time I was in, there was one person sitting with their mum listening yeah. to the person reading the story, and I'm like, shit. I like, wonder if um, yeah, I wonder if there's more that can be done within within libraries. Like I know that 
some of them, I lived in Harrogate for a couple of years and the library there was really good and they quite often had authors coming in and talking about their books and yeah. they had these things on like maybe it's just some of them are kind of lacking that sort of thing i don't know i don't i don't really know what the answer <laughs> is but i i i would love for there to be more comics in the library and yeah. i would love to for there to be especially for like you know um kids and and kind of young adult age yeah totally. kids like you know through the teens there's so many great books and i, I it'd be cool to to have more of them but even even books um aimed at at sort of young adults is is a harder thing to find these days to be honest like actual books Mm. um like i used to notice like loads of them when i'd go into even tesco or whatever you know i mean you would you would see loads of them on the shelf whereas that's that's even been like minimized a lot recently it's yeah, more it's, of those sort of adult colouring books and stuff now, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's weird, I guess, like, over the last few years, that, or especially here in the last kind of 10 years, we've lost a couple of, like, big bookshops. Yeah. You know, because some of the big chains have, have kind of died off. And, All right. Like, it's, it, it is a, it is a kind of not very nice pattern to see when you when you see that that there's lots of bookshops and yeah and and resources for those sorts of things closing but then there's been a few like little independent places that have popped up and and that's great and maybe hopefully there's they'll be kind of moving in that direction a bit more and you have these kind of slightly more specialized or specific shops yeah well, i hope honestly i hope so because i just it's just a, it's just a damn shame to see something that's been you know so rich and thick for so long just suddenly take kind of like a really like a back seat and just kind mm. of going really slow pace now i think with the advent of things like see your Woolworths and your WH Smith and stuff closing over the past uh, 10 to 20 years or whatever, mm. it's just been like a slow decline of seeing books so frequently. Yeah, well, the the big one here was when there was a Borders, because the Borders yeah. in, in Bournemouth here was huge. And right. like, I spent most of my teen years in there. Right. Like, I learned so much about music <laughs> and books and all sorts because yeah, it yeah. was one of these big places that was you know had all of these different sections that had all of the like you know you could you could learn about anything and they they were kind of designed in that way that were a bit like the library in a way where you weren't really told that you couldn't stand around and yeah <laughs> and read the books and whatever but um yeah and this this conversation has taken a real downturn, though. <laughs> Comics are great. Yes. <laughs> well, I don't know. It's it's um, we we I think we're lucky in that we're in the middle of what can now be um, classed as the sort of indie comic scene. Mm. Uh, the the indie scene overall has has slowly morphed into the the small press scene, and it yeah. is almost becoming. Like I was sort of speaking with somebody, well, and listening to somebody the other day as well, talking about the fact that they interpreted the UK scene now, like comics in general, as 
the sort of small press and stuff, and yeah, they're, they're kind of right to be fair. You're sort of you're small publishers, you're your self publishers, um, all your cons stuff like that. That is kind of comics within the UK now, to be fair. Yeah, there's no real like uh, besides a few kind of writers and artists that are doing mainstream um, comic stuff. Like you know, that is a a large percentage of the scene here but this goes back to what i was saying at at the beginning unfortunately what comes with that is a lot of creators and not the requisite amount of readers yeah 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 and it's like yeah it's finding some way of getting people to read and enjoy comics and understand what what they are and like i i I I do think that something that is really great about comics is that anyone can do them. Yeah. And so I understand why there are lots of people that that <laughs> may, want to make them. And that is great. And I, I would always want to encourage that. I just, I, I guess it's coming from a point of view of being at shows and you see a lot, um, you know, you see a lot of the same people and it's yeah. great. And there's, there's, there's some true like ambassadors of the scene and people who are, um, you know, real patrons of the arts, as it were. Yeah. But like, there's nothing more exciting than having the person come to your table who doesn't really understand comics, and you get to talk to them about it. And it doesn't happen nearly often enough. But maybe no. it's just about um, there being different kinds of events in different places, and um, you know, I think. Um, I think some of the some of the smaller shows and the like the shows that tend to be free to get into other other ones that do a lot of really real good for developing the scene because you get yeah. these people that come in like Bristol was the big one for us Bristol Comic and Zine Fair R.I.P. Um, <laughs> it was was one of my favorite shows for that exact reason yeah you get cool. random people walking off the street and obviously the type of town that that is is you know it's it's very open to that kind of stuff but um like you get people who don't understand what it is that you're doing and that's cool like people coming in and being being open and being surprised and wanting to to see this and understand this this thing that's really cool i i think those are the shows that i really enjoy doing and i feel like the ones that do really good work like um we did uh the hackney comic and zine fair uh, yeah, yeah. organized by joe stone uh a month or so ago and that was great again you had a i had a few conversations with people who aren't really or didn't really know a lot about about comics but were in the area and kind of came along and 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 bought some things and expanded their mind a little bit and and that's really cool i think that's what i i genuinely think that's what the the small shows do which the big ones can't yeah exactly um it keeps it keeps it that kind of intimate way and people can just come up and sort of chat to you at any point and you're not completely inundated but it's it's enough that it's almost like a, do you know what it's almost like a those those shows to an outsider almost feel like a like a village fate yeah, or, exactly. or a car boot sale. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, and that and that's exactly kind of the vibe that works. I think that's yeah. exactly the type of thing that works <laughs> and makes people interested in, in in it when they're not sure. Like, 
curious enough to to come in and and honestly the the a big part of that is shows being free like, yeah it, oh, totally it, like it it's not always possible but it's normally not always possible when you're trying to make the show be bigger than it like make it bigger yeah and and that's not always the best formula for for that stuff like i understand why those why a lot of shows charge and they tend to be bigger and they try and do more stuff like for me as a consumer as well as as a person within the scene like i i just really like the shows where you can kind of that they're smaller and generally lower stress and yeah generally like because you know 99.9 percent of the people doing this stuff in in this country at that level are not doing it to to make money or make no. a career they're doing it because they love that thing yeah they're, they're, they're doing it as a hobby they're doing it as a yeah. as an escape from the usual shit that they've got to do to make money <laughs> yeah exactly i i not that i'm calling you out on it but i i i kind of hate the word hobby especially when applied to this type of thing because Very true. i think i think it kind of trivializes it and like people who are making this work are serious about it. Yeah. They care sure. about it. And a lot of the time they care about it to the point that they, they want it to be their thing and they want to be independent and make the thing that exactly how they want it, which is why they operate outside of, you know, outside of something more mainstream. Yeah. yeah. Um, that, that wasn't me being finicky with what you said no I just, no 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 i, I, no, I think it's right. one of those things it's a it's a language thing i think i think there is a lot of language that is used around comics and this area like we were talking about with the graphic novel thing there's a yeah. lot of this kind of stuff that that you can question to a certain extent and and it is a thing that people say quite often oh you know you do it for a hobby like <laughs> i we've run good comics any money that we make goes either to creators or into making more books and producing more um producing more books from more people yeah like it's not a hobby for me no like i i i I, i'm not doing it because i want to make a career out of it and i'm not doing it because yeah i wanted to move my job one day far from it i would would hate that (laughs) no but it is another it is another staple point of your life though yeah exactly and it and and it's but it's not a hobby like it's not like because a lot of the time it's not even that fun like (laughs) you know it's not it's not like it's not enjoyable you get something out of it but some of the stuff that you have to do like we did a rosie i came home the other day and rosie was doing a stock take of our yeah. of our work like <laughs> it, it it's not <laughs> like doing a stock take isn't fun but at the end of the day when you finish the spreadsheet and you've gone okay well this is what we've got oh look this thing's sold well oh we don't have many copies of this left yeah like that that is a good feeling and to know so, so there's the for me there's somewhere between that like idea of um, making something that people will want to buy, yeah, 
but we don't we don't really think about our books in that sense we we go do we like this thing yes we like this thing is it financially viable for us to put it out as a book yes it is okay it is going to exist yeah yeah um so i don't i don't want to think about it like a too much like a like a business and a and to make money out of but i also take it really fucking seriously and care a lot about the work that we do yeah totally so and and i think a lot of people do like a lot of these people out here hustling and making their work and <laughs> and you know spending their nights folding and stapling zines and whatever <laughs> like those tasks aren't fun no like no. it's not the sort of thing you go out of your way to do you're like oh do you know what we should do tonight some good old stapling <laughs> but but, but Ooh, it's a sexy like, night in <laughs> yeah i don't know maybe something like whatever <laughs> office <laughs> maybe, finish yeah <laughs> um so yeah like i sorry i realized i went off on a tangent but, <laughs> no like, i get what you mean it's important to 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 think about it in those those ways it's the way that you know we consider artists like you you are an artist if you make art yeah completely. like that that's that's the bottom line like yeah just it it's not whether you sell your art or whether people like your art it's whether you make it it's a compulsion it is a thing that you do because it is something you want to do yeah um and and so yeah that for, for me it goes beyond beyond being a hobby. a hobby yeah totally yeah yeah i get that yeah but definitely. i guess you you could say that about a lot of hobbies i guess i don't know yeah but, i mean people, people I, have that I, same I, argument about like going out and playing golf and stuff like that they're like it's yeah. not a hobby like i spend my life with this like i get it like i i, I like, totally get like, it sure but golf's bullshit so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm kind of with you on that to be fair um but no, it's like you know, like people who go out and play football and stuff with their with their mates and all that kind of stuff as well. It's like it goes past the point of of sort of hobby for them when they're spending sort of three nights yeah. a week doing it, and they're yeah. actually part I, of a team and all this kind of stuff. You know I, mean? I don't know. See, from my point of view, like I, I play on a baseball team, and I love playing on a team, and it is like I take it quite seriously because I I like watching people when I'm watching baseball I like to see you know what their batting stance is like how they're holding the bat where they're positioning themselves what yeah, yeah. like I take it all kind of seriously and maybe it's just you know maybe that's just a theme me taking things in my life generally a bit too seriously but <laughs> but I do see that as a hobby like I I go and play baseball like I'm not I'm not getting stressed about it. Like I do it because it is fun. And so that is a hobby. Like, but I'm, and I do feel compelled to do it whenever I can, but it's, I think art is different. Artistic endeavors, however they present themselves are, are different in a way. You, there is a, a compulsion to create and a compulsion to, to make a thing. Um, but yeah, like I uh, and it, it goes into obviously talking about what you've been doing with the the editing again. Like you're you're doing it because you enjoy it, and yeah, it it's stimulating, but it's hard work, right? Yeah, it, you know, you, you you doing that work and really engaging your brain and and critical thinking is yeah. it, it you know it is um. 
you are taking it seriously and yeah. like like you said you know making sure that you give all the feedback that you you think is relevant is yeah. is taking that job seriously and treating it like a job even if it even yeah. if you're not getting paid for it even if even if all you get out of it is a you know oh that's really great thanks so much yeah exactly yeah that was that thing when Aaron sent that first piece along I uh it, I did very much treat it like that as if like you know I was just doing a favor for a mate but I I put my all into it and gave him hmm. everything and really worked at it really hard and I knew I knew from the very get-go he only needed an hour pair of eyes I could have literally just said yeah it looks fine and then yeah. just fucking brush it off, you know what I mean? But what use would that have done? It wouldn't have made the book any better, wouldn't have fixed anything for him. So I gave my all into it, and I felt a damn sight better about it and felt like I'd actually made a difference towards it. Did I feel like I'd had a lot of fun? Maybe. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, I maybe felt like I did have fun in the aspect that, you know... I'm, a mate asked me to do something and I did it for them and that gave me the sort of fun aspect to it but yeah, exactly. I wasn't actively sitting there being like yes yeah, spelling <laughs> corrections oh amazing fucking live for this <laughs> live, live for this bubble placement oh yeah <laughs> oh my god he sent me corrections to do oh <laughs> <laughs> um, gonna use that red squiggly line <laughs> here we go um, no but you know but it really it it kind of put all that kind of it, the whole thing the whole thing of him asking me to do it and the whole ed- editing in general does really put it into perspective of what enjoy the the sort of it, what enjoyment is and what fun is yeah. um, to something like I, I I really do enjoy sitting down and doing them but you're right it, it, you know you really have to put a lot of time and effort into it you can't you can't doss about like if I go and make myself a cup of tea and then sit down to go and do some editing I'm barely going to touch that cup of tea. And I'm yeah. going to sit and focus on this, and go from screen to screen, and I'm I'm looking and I'm typing the next bit out, and then, you know this page, and then I'm looking at it from the very top to the very bottom, making sure everything's placed in the right place, and all the yeah. things are you know not nothing's overlapping, nobody's saying something wrong, and then I'm coming to the cup of tea at the end, and going shit right microwave here we go. <laughs> well, do you know do you know what's an interesting thing is like I we've talked about it previously I think, but like I have a fairly boring office job. Yeah, I go to work and. If I can get away with doing less than a hundred percent all day, if I can catch up on, you know, <laughs> catch up on some emails, I'm gonna do that. Yeah, because yeah. it's work. Yeah, totally. But, but if I came home and I was working on a comics project, like I'm not not gonna be sat there waiting for an excuse to to have a break. Yeah, exactly. Because you're doing it because you love to do it and it fulfills you in some way yeah completely completely well dude <laughs> we, we've completely breezed past the hour yeah, mark about yeah, 20 minutes ago <laughs> <laughs> um it's fine yeah i uh i got a good laugh at that because i was looking at the time going we've not covered anything we've just chatted comics this is great <laughs> yeah like it's fine we you know, at this point, it's just an ongoing series. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it really is. It really, really is. For everybody at home, uh, where can everybody find you, etc.? Um, okay, well, you can find Good Comics on Twitter at good underscore comics or me at 
Samuel C. Williams. Um, goodcomics.go.uk is the website. Um, I'm not sure when this will come out, so it'll probably be <laughs> after uh, something will be released that I yeah. haven't talked about yet. Um, so <laughs> I'm going right. to talk about it now, which is uh, Stealing Home, which is the weekly baseball newsletter that I illustrate written by Paddy, who is the one, another third of of Good Comics. Um, we are collecting up our first year's worth of um, uh, articles and plus some extra stuff. And it will be in a book and available through Good Comics. Um, at some point in the near future, probably when this episode is out, because <laughs> it'll take so long to <laughs> run through everything. <laughs> no, we're, we're we're wanting to get it out before before Christmas, so it'll be it'll be out sometime yeah, around. Well, I'm hoping to get this up before Christmas, but, okay. <laughs> but well, we we never know how buy these it things. For all your baseball loving friends, yes. staying home, volume one. Put, get, um, them, get them in those stockings, people. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, good comics, go and buy some some good comics because we called them good for a reason <laughs> for, yeah. yeah we yeah. don't just call things good for nothing <laughs> although there is somebody out there that's got like good for nothing comics uh, <laughs> who is it again i think it's adam falp if i remember oh, really? rightly yeah i think he's got like good for nothing comics <laughs> Ooh, okay. yeah, that's one way of selling them I guess. <laughs> <laughs> that's good that, no very much so um i'm a big um I'm a, a a big fan of your guys' stuff. Well, you know that. I, I've yeah. I've constantly said that to you guys before that I'm a big fan of the good comic stuff. Um, I, so I'm I'm yeah. a I'm I'm a very big uh, proponent for that. Go for it. Go for it. <laughs> Get the good comic. Do comics. it. Yeah, exactly. Thanks very much, dude. Thank you again. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's been fun. send us any comments or questions or just to say hello you can reach us by email at thatcomicsmell at gmail.com you can also follow us on twitter and instagram at thatcomicsmell share the podcast with your friends and followers we are on soundcloud spotify itunes youtube and most other places you find podcasts and don't forget to rate review and subscribe thanks for listening our music is by Chart Smasher and this track is Dial Up. You can find Chart Smasher on Twitter at Joan Edam and you can buy the tracks on Bandcamp.